welcome to Say That, the podcast with your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host in the city of Chicago. And join me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Yay! Hello! It's me! Yay! <laughs> Double yay. Also joining us, Jed Burr, the director of Mission USA Productions. You know, I'm also excited that it's Glenn. But like real excited. Cool. Cool. It's Glenn is my favorite 70s sitcom. Yeah. It's Glenn. <laughs> Ding. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Joining us all the way from Oakland, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Media Church, Lee Younger. I just realized that the when we first come in, there's a lot of laughing that's already happening. And yeah. and it's it's sad to me and very good that our listeners will never know all the jokes that happened before we start. Lee, yeah. are you suggesting that our conversation prior to taping would be untoward? Well, if history is any indication, we find the things we say before the show really funny. No one else would. That's also true. Well, you have to get out the really super creepy and inappropriate stuff before sure. you roll tape, you know. Well, I want to tell you yeah. something. That we do that for two funny. hours beforehand. It's called staff meeting. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you know, we've had a lot of fun here today, guys. But in the spirit of Christian gatherings, I'm going to ruin it by making it be serious now. Woo, sincerity. I feel Whoa. that. We're going to talk about something that isn't funny. Okay. <laughs> Why does that make me laugh? <laughs> That's just the iconoclast oh, in Glenn. Yeah. So we want to start with a shout out to um, a permanent and former, simultaneously, intern Miss Grace. Sure, intern emeritus. She's the intern of our hearts. She, <laughs> she's the intern <laughs> wow. of our hearts. I, I, I think that her fiancé might have some feelings about that. Yeah. Um. Okay, but uh, uh, Miss Grace made us aware of, um, you know, uh, an item in the blogosphere. Mm. Sure. I hope I'm using those words right. Is a blogosphere a place? In yes, your heart it, it is. It's, it's, the blogosphere is a, is a giant sphere in outer space. It's a ball shape. <laughs> And just all the words go into Well, I thought it was like the ozone, and I was aware that there was a problem that there's a hole in the blogosphere, and way too many opinions are getting through. Sure. Yeah. That's a greenhouse real effect. Yeah. But there's there's a pastor okay. who said some questionable things, Oh, and certain bloggers, am I saying that right? Yeah. Bloggers yeah, yeah. Have, have called him out on charges of heresy. Okay. And I just feel like we just need to get in there. It's a good oh. thing there's no poor people suffering in the world, so Christians have time to talk about heresy all that, the time. That's nice. Absolutely. Hold on. When when b- Before you go any further, when you are like massively over articulating all of your consonants what like what version of jed is that well that's a great question lee and i'm glad you asked um that falls under the legalistic jed family um but Mm. that's really more like um so in in my growing up years i had like the auntie who was just the full-on legalistic i'm about to get at you but then then you had her husband the uncle who was like trying to be cool and super wasn't Right. And the yeah. uh, the over-articulating consonants, but never quite landing with the guilt. That was always him. <laughs> but it's yeah. it's really both sides of the same coin. You know, it's, it's it's a variation upon a theme. Exactly right. Exactly right. But here's why I bring it up. Here's why we need to get into it. Said potential alleged heretic is none other than our arch nemesis, Joel Montgomery Osteen. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Wait, is that his actual middle name? No, but it seemed right Almost in the moment. Certainly not. Yeah, I was going to go with Millhouse, but that's good. <laughs> sure. I th- Everything's coming up Millhouse. I think his middle name is Loquacious. Also good. Um, I think at this point he's just changed his middle name to Cash. 
<laughs> wow. So if you're looking for a place to send in your hate mail, <laughs> that would be Matt King, yeah. Garrett Matt King USA. at the internet. What, Google. Yeah, sure. What a horrible thing to say about somebody whose organization took in 600 grand in cash in one weekend. Wow. So, but on that basis, I declare an emergency. An emergency. Man, I, I figured that might happen. I'm excited. I'm ready. Tell me more. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm kind of out because y'all told me to declare an emergency, but I don't know what it was for. Well, <laughs> just generate some rage, dude. I don't know if you right. know, but with these talking things that people uh, do, yeah. the, the key is not content. The key is outrage. Oh. Sure. Just to be upset. It doesn't have to be about anything in particular. I'm real good at that. Yeah, so just like more feelings, more anger. Okay. Like, I'm let, outraged. Let, let me sum up the blog post, and maybe How you can come you. in on the same, because that dude was outraged. Maybe someone's going to say, wait, wait. The blog post was like, Joel Osteen's super popular. And I'm not, but I'm super awesome, so I should be popular, so I hate him. That is outrageous. That's outrageous. That's basically what this dude was saying. Well, you know, this, this is what happened, because here's how I feel is what's happening. Tell me. We were, I mean, from day one, yeah. right. from Jump Street, we were gunning for Joel Osteen. Yeah. Sure. Not in a bad way. No, but he not, had the top spot. Not in a mean way. Not in a literal sense with a firearm. Right. No, a metaphorical no. sense. We're with the with the with a very loving spiritual gun. We were gunning for him <laughs> because he had the top podcast. Had those sweet, sweet podcast numbers. A spiritual right. gun, of course, is our favorite eighties era Christian hair rock band. That's there correct. You. Yeah. Uh, they opened for Striper and it was just like that was the <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> Deep cut. Um, yeah. Oh Lord. So here's <laughs> Yellow and Black Attack. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Bring it back, Jed. You went way out there. All right, we with we that officially reference. filled up our striper references for the decade. <laughs> yeah. So here's what happened is everybody's trying to get on the, the bandwagon. Sure. Hey, we, hey, look, we were we were bad mouthing Joel Osteen before it was cool. Totally. You understand what I'm saying? So now other people are like, hey, let me get in this. Let me say, you know what? I don't think so. And plus, here's another problem. Uh, do talk about, you know, Mrs. Osteen. That's who he's really talking about anyway, sure. right? Mrs. Osteen said this and she said that. And it was a little bit, you know, a little, you know. A little funky, a little hanky. It was, it was not well worded. Mm. Well, I'm okay. never guilty of that, so I am glad to throw stones. I always say exactly the right thing. Yes. So that's, I'm a know. white male on the internet. Everything out of my <laughs> mouth is spun gold. Right. <laughs> but here's what happened is, you know what he didn't talk about? Didn't talk about the cyborgs. Uh-oh. That's what I'm saying. Uh-oh. You know that. You call that investigative journalism? Let me, let me tell you what. We know. Here are the facts that we know. Joel seems popular now. Right. But who's coming up to take his spot? We Come are. Come on, be us. Therefore, in the future, we run all podcasting. Absolutely. The only thing now, that means Joel Easton has no option other than build time traveling cyborgs to go back in the past and eliminate us before we rise up. Absolutely. Sure. This is a struggle we've been dealing with all along. Totally. Right. We already would be the top podcast. If, totally. not if not for time traveling cyborg. And look, this it's is the only possible explanation. Yeah, because otherwise, uh, how, how do you explain that on iTunes, we're ranked at, uh, I think, zero? Yeah. So, because <laughs> <laughs> nobody leaves a review. 
That's right. Nobody leaves a review. Probably well, because if you're looking for us in the iTunes ranking, you'll just scroll and scroll and scroll, and then a little picture of somebody comes up and goes, "Why don't you just?" Why don't you yeah, stop? it's it's over now. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> the only person looking this deep in the rankings would be the person who makes this podcast, and you're not going to find any good news. So That's why don't right. you? Yeah, why don't you get a cup of tea and go to bed? Make make it's better the, life choices. It's you know? the iTunes. Oh, honey. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a like kindly he, old woman. No, nobody. Nobody's talking about. Uh, this dude is is terrorizing us with a robot insurgency. Okay. So you know are you saying? saying maybe what we have is a, a certain bit of the conspiracy? You're saying maybe Osteen's got to the media because it's it's public relations 101. You got a real big thing, you just you just leak a little thing. That's right. That that that's what's this is what we're we're working. With. So I feel like we just need to put out a call to journalists everywhere to ask who amongst you has the courage, right? Right. Who amongst you has the Walter Cronkites yeah. to tell the real story of what's going on up in this piece? Right. Sure. Because the the thing the, the this blog post by a guy who I can't remember his name, which is good because I would only call him a giant douche, which is what he was. Because man, <laughs> is this guy a jerk who wrote this blog post? But. He uh, he's pointed out that it was Mrs. Osteen said something weird about a little bit of a kind of God helps those who help themselves kind well, of. Yeah, it was it was something along God the lines wants of you to, God, God wants you to make yourself happy. Because yeah, and you don't worship just happy. for Him; you worship to develop yourself. Which is we we talked about this a little bit when it came out. We already read this article. It's not entirely bad doctrine in the mm, sense of just like poorly worded. It's just it's you not can tell well. What she meant yeah, it's it. not well struck. Mm-hmm. So, but. Here's, here's what I'm saying is maybe, because, look, everybody knows we don't have a problem with Joe Osteen. We've never met the man. Right. He's got popularity. We want it. Right. But, you know, it's not <laughs> theologically deep. Sure. Right. It's kind right. of, it's cotton candy. It's, right, you know, raw-raw. Right, 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 right. That's all. It's t- kind of Tony Robbins stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. But everybody knows that. Yeah. Right. So Nobody's, right. Nobody thinks Joe Osteen is a world-beating theologian. Right, right. So... This dude just trying to cover up the time traveling cyborgs. That's what I'm talking. He this wants. Is, he wants. He's trying to control the narrative. That's exactly. Do we? Right. Do we? Do we know whether or not this blogger is bankrolled by Joel Osteen? Whoa. Okay. You okay. just you just blew it wide open, Lee. A scandal that goes all the way to the bank. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is this guy was hired by Joel Osteen to write this blog post just to. Pour a smoke screen out over the whole thing so Dude. nobody pays attention. He's in that's cahoots it. with him. The cahoots, that's, I say. That, that, definitely cahoots are involved. Show totally. That's thing number one. Thing number well, two chicanery is, and cahoots. Oh, there's de- oh look if it, if there's cahoots, you know there's chicanery. Everybody says that. That's a, I, have, uh, I have four bumper stickers that say that. I, I mean, uh, my, that's what my grandmother used to always say. <laughs> sure. If you got cahoots, you got chicanery. Or she normally meant that about Bigfoot. But if, if you know what, if you got cahoots and chicanery, next thing you're going to be dealing with is some monkey shines. Sure, totally. Okay? So forget about it. Okay, but what I'm trying to say here is, I think this dude attacked Osteen. In a way that we would feel sorry for Osteen. Sure. See what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, it's almost like... the sympathy going. Yeah. Me thinks thou protest too much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you you break out the Shakespeare, it's serious. Wow. That's right. I felt how serious that was. That's right. Here's what I wonder. You know, call me crazy. Okay. Uh, no, seriously, just you're 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 crazy, Jed. You're you're a loose cannon. That's what everybody keeps telling me. I solve crime my own way. Yeah, what's your badge on my desk? Here's my badge number. Okay, Jed's not the co-host this podcast wants. He's the co-host this podcast needs. <laughs> well played. Okay, here's what I'm saying. I'm just going to put this out there. Is there a chance the iTunes top ten Christian podcast? Is there a chance it's cursed? 
Well, Ooh. we got to leave the evidence here. We got because Osteen's been number one for a, quite a while. Yeah. And so that there seems to be trouble in paradise there. Right, right. Um, but he ain't the only one. Pastor Mark Driscoll has been yeah. in the top for a while, and he's he not even the pastor anymore. Yeah, he he has been. Uh, he's just a dude in a, in a hooded sweatshirt now. Yeah, he he's he's dealing with some stuff. He, let, let me ask this. We'll get back to that in a second. I have a question now. Yeah. Does he have to change his Twitter handle? From what to what? It was Pastor Mark. Yeah. And he ain't the pastor anymore. Does he have to be Mark now? He could mm. be the 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 Mark formerly known as Pastor. Okay. Sure, sure. <laughs> I, I think unpronounceable symbols are always a good idea for your Twitter handle. Sure. Yeah. Builds well, model ships, Mark. I mean, I don't know he's sure. still on the time with now, but... Right. Well, I think... What we're dealing with here is, is there a chance that the top of the iTunes podcast is cursing people? Yeah. As if it were built on an old Indian burial ground. Well, I've been thinking about it, Glenn. I think there can be no question that's exactly what's going on. And I think we have proof that's even closer to home. Whoa. Okay, here's what I'm talking about. Now, look, we, uh, we're we modest people yep. on this podcast. Totally. We, we would never, you know, flaunt our success. Especially me. I'm, I'm like the most modest. Glenn Clearly, wins modesty. You win modesty. Thank you. But, you know, uh, you know uh, we don't broadcast that, this, even though we are, in a sense, broadcasting the words I'm saying right now. But we don't, we don't broadcast what no. I'm about to say. Right, that's right. Which is, we're, we're doing quite well. Um, oh, yeah. People know us. Sure. Uh, we're kind of a big deal. We're beloved figures. Our sure. apartments smell of rich mahogany. Yeah. Sure. Uh, we have many important leather-bound books. Yeah. Um, uh, so as our star is rising... Just keep rising, quoting Will Ferrell until Christian Tate us, Greg. Go ahead. <laughs> Just keep going with that. Keep doing that. <laughs> you, know, you know you can't tempt me like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but as our star is rising, yeah. I feel like we're seeing the tendrils of the curse in our own lives. Okay. Mm. Matt King, yesterday, goes outside, boom, flat tire, case closed that's true whoa yeah. i mean you could also attribute that to the fact that we live in the worst place so rubber you know you get the 100 degrees and the 30 degrees and the snow and the so rubber, but also maybe curse it's a curse y'all look i feel like matt is really killing my buzz mm. with all of his facts and sensible yeah. thinking yeah we're, we kind of want to go with indiana jones style curses here. yeah yeah that's that's what we're all doing today matthew that's that's what's going on here yeah, I think we're all trying not to make Nazi jokes now that <laughs> Lee brought up uh, Indiana Jones. Wow, and, um, dude! I'm not. Succeeding. I wasn't even going in that. I was thinking Aztec guys with the hearts, man. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, Matt. That's offensive. Yeah, that's less stereotypical and offensive. That's so, kind of that's yeah. Kind let, of... Okay, let's talk about Aztecs. That'll go well for white guys. <laughs> talk about Indian burial grounds and Aztecs. It'll be good. And this is what happens. <laughs> it's just the, the curse. This is the curse. The curse. We're it's, dealing with it right well, now. The curse is actually the curse. Us apart. Here's yes. the problem. Us apart. O- Osteen been in the top ten forever. Right. Mar- Driscoll, uh, Andy Stanley, Joe Frost. Does the curse just make you say really stupid stuff in public? <laughs> Whoa. Because the longer a Christian is in that iTunes top twenty. They're going to say some really dumb crap in public. Well, you know what? This, I think maybe this, you'll create a William Wallace the, the third account and go on the <laughs> internet and say some stuff. That, well, this, what could explain that other than the, a curse? That's the, not something a grown no, man no, no, would do. No, no. This is you know what? This is proof that we're coming up in the world because we say stupid stuff all the time. Totally, absolutely. You know I mean? We are offensive on a regular basis. Sure. So I think here's the thing: is how do we beat the curse? How do we beat the curse? Well, 
what what all the other I'm I'm just thinking about you know maybe the the iTunes is cursed mm-hmm. that's true. The other thing that all the uh, all these people have in common is their their megachurch pastors. Sure. So is it possible that just in order to have enough land to be a megachurch, you have to get to a burial ground of some kind? Sure, sure, sure. Like it's just that once that's just how the numbers work out. Right. Yeah. So I'm yeah. thinking if we stay keep a solid base and just right. build say that world headquarters vertically. Yeah. We yeah. just got to do the we got to okay. do our proper surveying. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And I mean, there, okay. There's another explanation. I want to throw this at you. Sure. Hit me. Maybe churches ain't meant to be that big so you would have to like just have a marketing machine right and eventually when you're just that fame when your goal is to get famous eventually you're just going to hit a tipping point on that and people are going to be backlash so but i mean indian burial ground sounds more likely right totally totally. the other thing would involve like fooling tens of thousands of Christians into making terrible decisions with their own spiritual life? That doesn't right. sound right, does it? Well, no. the other one makes me sad. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah, I just don't want to do that. I think we should just build vertically, like you're saying. Yeah. It'd be like a tower. that We build a tower. Sure. The way we could be a gleaming tower to, God, to the sky. You know? yeah. 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 That sounds good. I, there's no way that could ever go wrong. We can have yeah. a whole empire. Sure. I feel like that's such a good solution. There's no more emergency. I feel like we've solved it. I, I couldn't agree more. Would you like to do the honors? I would like to declare a curse-free emergency off. <laughs> that is comforting. I feel that great. That is comforting. Here's the deal. We do know that there are time-traveling cyborgs among us, agents of Osteen, as we call them. Here's the thing. We, we want you to go through life being comfortable knowing that people don't think you're among that group. Dang straight. But how are you going to tell them? You can't, you can't walk up to someone and say, well, John, it's nice to meet you. I'm Matt. By the way, I'm not a time-traveling cyborg. Sure. Because that's that exactly work. what a time-traveling cyborg would say. Yep, yep. Yeah. We have a solution for you. Uh-oh. We've got new Say That Schwag. Okay. Whoa. We've got buttons. Whoa. Lovely that buttons. Let people know that you're a fan of the podcast. The, we got a three-pack, the largest one of which states very clearly, I'm not a time-traveling cyborg. Now, that's nice. useful is what that well, is. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's how, here's how it works. That's you gotta You got to pin that on your clothes. Time traveling cyborg doesn't know how to do that. They don't have the dexterity. No. They don't want the extra metal. They sure. don't read. Sure. No. no it's no. foolproof. It it's, is foolproof. It's you a perfect want to tell solution. People, there's this whole other time traveling cyborg mega churchy thing going down. I'm not with it. That's right. We talked last episode about finding your tribe. You get That's out it. there with button. We also got one that says declares say that God's favorite podcast. We don't have proof of not that. Sure. That's true. Legally binding. Yes. We've got the Say That Super Fan button. Okay. You can find pictures of all these on our Tumblr, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com, and we'll be putting those out. So, but how do you get them? Okay. There's probably no way to get them. Yeah, they got to go, and you got to enter the card with the thing, and there's shipping, and then the post office loses it if you're Glenn. Yeah. Glenn, the things don't come to Glenn's house. No, the, the me and the post office have beef. <laughs> Serious beef. <laughs> okay, here's here. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you an offer. Eight dollars gets you buttons, but okay. not only that, Whoa. and that'd be a steal at twice the price. Sure, you get Bridgebox. Uh oh. The only wow. way to get because we got We got to we got to keep these in house. Sure. Right. We got to we right. got to keep the resistance tight. Right. We got to know what's up. So only Bridgebox subscribers. Because those are the only people we can be sure aren't time-traveling cyborgs. Absolutely. That's right. That's well, right. now, Matt, what if, okay, I mean, and this is probably going to throw the whole thing off, but what if I wasn't a Bridgebox subscriber, but I wanted the buttons? Could I become a Bridgebox subscriber? Probably, there's probably no way to do that. That doesn't sound. Oh, I, I just remembered that commerce exists, and yes, yes, you can. <laughs> wow, that's you great You can go news. to missionusa.com slash Bridgebox. You sign up. 
Very simple. You get to get your eight dollars a month payment started. You get Bridgebox, which is songs, sermons, Bible studies, devotional writings, videos, all stuff we create right here in house, all created custom for Mission USA. We get Jed Lee does some music, Glenn does some writing, my preaching, Glenn's preaching, and we have started pulling in some folks from outside. We had a great friend of mine who is a Young Life Area Director, Devin Accardi. We recently had a buddy of ours up here in Chicago who does amazing world-class ministry with homeless people, our friend Jeremy. They started contributing some stuff. We've had uh, musical artists. We've had stuff on MTV. We've got some artists from Nashville. A lot of cool people who we know. We've, we've cleared them. They're not time-traveling cyborgs. They right. are cyborg-free. Totally. Certified. They Certified. are entirely authentically human. We know that. We've done the research. And you get all that stuff. It's based around a question for your walk. This month is, what's the one thing I need for a healthy Christian walk? How do I have a healthy Christian walk? That's September's. So you get all that good stuff. And buttons. Whoa. And let's say you say, it all sounds good. I like that Lee's involved. I'm going to need you to turn up the Lee. We can do that. We've got Bridgebox Lee Younger. That's a brand new Come on now. exclusive track every month from Lee. A little video where he does a little teaching about what the, the topic of the month is. Okay. And some stuff he's curated from other bridge boxes. So that's missionusa.com slash BBLY. Those are both $8 a month, but if you want both of them, and why wouldn't you? $12 a month, Matt at missionusa.com. Let me give you one last thing here. We're going to get out of this plug. Let's say there are... Tons of people have already signed up for Bridgebox. Thank you, by the way. Yes. You're finding our ministry. Real good stuff. There are two guys who are from the inner city who have part-time ministry jobs right now. Because of you. Because, because of, you. of you. That would not That's exist awesome. elsewhere. But you say, I, I'm already a Bridgebox subscriber, but I want buttons. Yeah. Right. Here's what you do. You're going you're gonna to go to your you're gonna go to your email. You're going to email say that podcast at gmail.com. You're just going to give us a little testimonial. So here's a paragraph about what I like about Bridgebox how it's helped me, hit send, boom, we'll get you some buttons. Wow. Now that's you can't beat a that deal. deal. That's a deal. So that's missionusa.com slash bridgebox. Again, check the blog. Check. We'll have social media up the buttons. We're going to keep this going for while supplies last. So probably we normally run these uh, swag campaigns for about a month. But so all that, good stuff, missionusa.com slash bridgebox. We're going to move to our first question here. If you have a question for us, hang with us all the way to the end, and I'll give you those addresses again where you get in touch with us. First question comes in anonymously. It says, what do you do when you're having a hard time believing or understanding God's love? I try to remind myself of the times I felt his love and first understood the extent of the cross, at least the tiny bit that I can comprehend. But even with daily reminders, prayer scriptures, I have a hard time believing all the Christian quotes about how he's deeply in love with me as an individual. I can't remember the times in the past I felt that way, and I'm doubting he cares about every little thing in our life. Jed, can you kick us off? I can. Well, my friend, we're delighted to hear from you, and uh, we're... We're sorry that you're going through a hard time. Uh, if it helps at all to know, I can relate perfectly to what yep. you're describing. Um, I, I really, truly can. I think the thing that we want to ask here is, um, why might you feel this way? Um, is, it, is it possible that there might be some, some things in your life, maybe some things that uh, you've experienced that are uh, causing this difficulty? Let me ask you a different question. Do you feel confident? Do you feel an emotional connection to the love that other human beings have for you? Um, in, in other words, you, you have people in your life that you know intellectually love you, at least on some level. But do you, do you feel that all the time? Um, and I'm betting, of course, you don't. Um, because nobody does. That's, that's part of what it is to, to live in this world. So I think we have two separate issues. One is... Emotions have a way of coming and going. 
Um, you know, nobody feels amped up. Nobody feels connected all the time. There's, there's just no such thing. Even um, in, you know, really deep-seated, committed relationships. You know, someday you may get married. You're, you're not going to feel in love with your spouse 24 hours a day. That's, that doesn't exist. And I think if we want to be clear, there are a lot of people in the Christian world that kind of give you the message: if you don't feel Jesus's love 24 hours a day, that means you've done something wrong. Secret um, sin. Yeah, it's probably a sin you don't even know is going on and um if that's part of what you're dealing with here you know we feel you and and definitely um uh, you're the normal one here just to reflect back to you but i'm guessing in your case there might be a second part too which is um that maybe you feel like there's something wrong with you and maybe you feel like you're not lovable that that part of the reason you feel like god doesn't really love you don't connect with that is is you feel like maybe just love doesn't suit you um, a lot of people feel that way. I've, I've definitely felt that way in my life. And if that's where you're at, I think that's the thing that we really want to get into. I think that's the, the thing that we want to look at is why might I feel like love doesn't suit me, doesn't fit me. Maybe I don't deserve it. Maybe it's just it's not for me. My guess is that you've experienced some people in your life kind of telling you that, kind of giving you that message of lo- love's for other people. Love's not for you. And if that's the case, the, the way forward is not so much to try harder to feel Jesus-y things. The, the way forward is to figure out, what did I get told about myself? And what did I get told about my place in the world and, and the kind of person that I am? The thing I want to encourage you to do, I have, I have two suggestions before I pass it to these other brothers. The first is, I'd really encourage you to um, make an appointment with a pastor or a counselor and start talking about uh, this struggle with experiencing and feeling love. And I'd encourage you to start thinking related to that is, do, do you feel that difficulty in your human relationships? Does it, does it sometimes feel hard to, to really accept the love that other people have for you? I'm guessing it does. And, and if it does, we definitely want to talk about that part too with a, with a pastor or counselor. But the other thing that we want to do is I'd encourage you to start telling God about how hard it is to believe that he loves you. Um, I think sometimes in life it can be easy to feel like we need to go to the Lord and just whatever you say, God, yes, I think that's great. That's all, that's all lovely. Whatever, whatever kind of music you like is what I will like. But that's actually not what God is looking for. Uh, what God's looking for is for you to go to him and say, I'm not buying it. You know, I, I appreciate the nice stuff that you're saying towards me and about me, but I'm not feeling it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not buying it. I'm not looking, Lord, to stay there. I'm not looking to stay in a place where I don't buy it, but that's where I'm at today. And I need you to know that. I need you to know that's where my heart's at. Um, and I need you to help me figure out what's up with that. Um, but I, I understand that process is going to start with me being honest and real with you. When you read the Bible, when you read the Psalms, you see people doing exactly that. Go into the Lord and saying, man, I'm just not buying it. I need you to help me out. I think if you'll get with a pastor or a counselor and start talking through this stuff, I think if you'll start um, you know, uh, taking the courage and the risk to, to be honest with the Lord, I think you'll start to see some forward progress. Meanwhile, we're praying for you, we love you, we believe in you, and we've got your back. Absolutely, Lee. Well, I love all the stuff that Jeb was saying on there, and I think I would start in on um, kind of building on something that he was saying at the very beginning of his answer, which is just the fact that um, you are going to have bad days, and you're yeah. going to have bad seasons. You're going to go up and down. Um, it's, you, you know... S- What's going to happen is at some point you're going to have you're going to have a feeling you know you're going to have some days strung together where you really do feel it and then you'll have days where you don't and you're not going to be able to 
pinpoint anything different that you did about that. Sometimes the Lord's going to show up in different ways, and sometimes you're going to feel like you're on a desert island. There's, there's just no way around the fact that we go through peaks and troughs. That that happens all the time. But um, and, and all that to say, it's just like what Jeb was saying. You're you're not alone in this. This is not out of the ordinary. It is a it is a normal part of every believer's experience to have hard seasons to have um, to have kind of cold and dry seasons this is this is not uh, this is this is this is not a surprising thing at all one thing that I would encourage you to do is to kind of conduct a couple of thought experiments as you're kind of working your way through this trough that you're going through and the thought experiments would be which I don't know if you ever do this but just kind of like pose a question to yourself that that kind of helps you look at it and at your situation in a totally different way. So here's a question you might try, which is, if somebody that I really loved was constantly feeling like I, you know, I didn't love them, what would I do differently to correct that? How would I want to approach them? How would I communicate the way that I felt towards them? Yeah. Like, what if you just thought about that? And, and I don't know where that would lead you. And that's the cool thing about a thought experiment. If you just got to a quiet place, took a drive or took a walk or whatever, and just thought, okay, I've got a friend over here, and I'm just going to pretend for a second, even though I really, really love this friend, that, that, the, that the number one dynamic going on between us is that they just feel like I don't like them. H- how would I approach that? How would I bridge that gap? And then turn that whole thought experiment on its head and try to figure out if... God were really going to prove it to me, that he just loved me as an individual and cared about all the little stuff in my life, what exactly would I want him to do? What would love equal to me? I'll tell you a little story. I was counseling a friend of mine through a very difficult time in this friend's life and asked her the same question. Okay, you don't feel like God loves you at all. Totally cool. I'm totally with you on that. What what would love look like if God were to really love you? What would that look like to you? And um, you know, she took some time and thought about it, and then she came back with a list of like eleven things. This is what love would look like from God for me. And what was cool is after we walked through that list in a lot of conversations, some of those things didn't belong on any kind of list. That you know, this these things were not things that God was responsible for, and she came to these conclusions on her own. And then there was one thing that she felt like this actually, the whole list boils down to this one thing. And after talking and talking her way through it, after a, you know, really a long time of working through that, she came to the conclusion that actually the Lord's been hooking me up on this thing the whole time. I couldn't see it before, but now I do. And maybe you come to that kind of conclusion, maybe just thinking your way through these things, God shows you in, in a new way, ways that he's always been there for you. But this is a good thing to do is to kind of think through this. What does love look like to me? What would it feel like to me to actually be loved? Is this something that God is actually doing for me that I just haven't recognized before? I would encourage you to try some of those things as you, as you work through this, knowing that it's perfectly normal, totally, totally ordinary to go through a season, a dry season or a trough season. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. I agree with that. I think that's, uh, to piggyback on what both of these guys are saying, there's something holding you back. You know, if you're saying, I'm growing, I'm listening, I'm doing, I'm... T- and verses and I'm you know I'm participating in all this stuff, but it's not sticking. It's it's it, I'm not feeling the truth of it. 
there's something going on in there that's holding you back. So that's going to be uh, some kind of a lie that the enemy's told you. That's so we know to look for that uh, lie. We know that the the lies that the enemy tells us are often um, uh, uh, make no sense. You know, they they don't make logical sense. They they fall apart the moment that you put light on them. Mm -hmm. So uh, that means that they're easy to to defeat. But we have to go looking for them. We have to dig deep and find where those lies are and dig them out. The problem that we have as Christians is that we tend to work around our weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I'm not very good at X, so I'm just going to work around that. I, I kind of struggle with this problem, so I'm just going to compensate and not deal with the problem and just keep going. Um, and this is so that I can still look effective and look like I'm participating and look sharp as a Christian and so on and so forth. Because if I start dealing with my issues, I don't know if you guys can dig this, but if you start dealing with your issues, yeah, uh, that looks like a big mess. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. Who's you, to say you, where it ends? You show up at for meetings and you're tired and you you have a grumpy face. Yep. 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 And you you know uh, you know it's it's a, it's a messy situation. So. Yep. Um, nobody wants to be that person. They want to be the person when you say, oh, hey, uh, I haven't seen you for a while. How are you doing? Say, just, I'm just blessed. I'm just blessed and highly favored. Now, of course, we all know that person's faking it, but you know, the, the, <laughs> you still want to be that person for some reason. I don't, I don't know why. But the essence of what good ministry is when we're doing it for other people is finding those lies, digging them out, and, and shedding light on it. Uh, the essence for... Of, of having a good walk uh, for yourself is, is to do that same thing of digging out those problems uh, and, and finding the roots of them and finding out why we're thinking that way. What are those lies and shedding light on them? Uh, the, the analogy that I would give you for your walk, uh, I, th I think we may have used this on the podcast before, uh, but uh, picture your uh, walk with the Lord uh, as if it were a boat. Okay. Now, the boat has a huge engine, and it has all the GPS, and it has all the whatever doodads. There's a very tiny leak. It's a small leak, not a big deal. I mean, water's coming in, for sure, at a steady rate. You can sort of bail water every now and then and kind of hold even on it and sort of compensate for that and do okay. Uh, but you notice the longer you let the leak go on, the leak is starting to leak a little faster and whatnot. It doesn't matter how fast that boat is. It doesn't matter how many doodads and instruments that boat has. It doesn't matter how amazing that boat is in every possible way. The smallest leak will sink that boat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The smallest thing going wrong in your walk will take your walk out. Left unaddressed long enough. Left unaddressed long enough, it will take that whole thing out so this is why we often are emphasizing on this podcast let's look at weaknesses instead yeah. of let's look at all of our strengths yeah it's great for your self-esteem to take the little test that says i have a gift in yeah. hospitality yeah. or something like that that's awesome uh if you need your ego boosted in in, in that kind of way but it's not going to help you with a situation like this you need to know what are my uh, uh what's the hole in the boat that i can go and deal with that uh, last quick little point, uh, what you're describing, you know, with the uh, daily reminders, prayer, scripture, and all that is what we call propositional truths. It's a little bit of vocabulary for you. We propose that these things are true. We're laying these things.
things out, and we're proposing them to you and saying, this is what the Bible says, and I propose that it is true and that you should believe these things. The problem is people, no, all people everywhere, they don't believe those propositional things until it makes relational sense to them. Mm-hmm. What, what Lee was describing is understanding a relationship between God and us and how that relationship works first. It, it, once things make sense on that level, then you can accept these propositional things. And, um, if, and that's, that's, you may not have been ministered to or mentored that way by the people who've mentored you or ministered to you. Cause, uh, a, a lot of uh, people aren't taught to do that in seminary and so forth. So, uh, I think that's a, a truth for you to understand about how to deal with these kinds of situations is to make sure it makes relational sense along the lines of what Lee was suggesting. That's absolutely a great point. All right, move on to our next question here. It also came in anonymously at our Tumblr inbox. It says, I was wondering, how do you be completely open with God and honest? I have trouble letting my walls down and being honest to God about everything, especially areas of my life that are just a mess. I feel like this is getting in the way of having an intimate relationship with him. Lee, can you kick us off? Absolutely. Um, I can. And and first of all, thanks for the, the question. This is an awesome question. I, I love the way... It's worded. Uh, one thing that's cool about this question is it's a super honest and open question. I mean, this is you're you're heading in the right direction here. I think that if if we are and you're by the way you're exactly right. You know, if if we feel like we can't be open and honest with God, then that is that is the thing that is going to steamroll. It's just going to clog up the whole thing with the intimacy. We're not going to be able to have the kind of intimate relationship with God that that we want to there. So <clears throat> when you look at you know, why can't I do that? I mean, obviously, you know, to be open with God is just to, you know, to pray with, with just kind of the raw, everything you're feeling, just get it all out there, say everything that you're going through. But if I can't do that, I think the the deeper question is, why can't I do that? Why don't I want to do that? And probably for most of us, if, if we have trouble being open and honest with God, it's because we're afraid that he doesn't want to see that. Okay. Okay. We're afraid okay. that he doesn't he doesn't actually want to know what's inside my heart. Okay. What he wants me to do is he wants me to tell him everything's okay. Yeah. And you've done enough for me and I'm just so thankful and grateful and you you just you're just hooking me up and it, praise his name. Bless blessed be his name. And uh you're you're doing great God. Just just keep roll. You keep doing you do you. I'll right. keep doing me and that's our that's our relationship. I think a lot of us are afraid that is what he wants from us. Sure. Um I I read the most interesting thing. There was this uh there was this there was this place in Matthew chapter 9 where the disciples of John the Baptist go up to Jesus and they said why don't your guys fast like we fast and like the disciples of the Pharisees fast? Well, your guys are just, they don't ever fast. They don't ever skip food. They don't ever make themselves miserable like we do. Why is that? And Jesus said, because, dude, this is, a, this is a wedding reception. Nobody, your diet is not allowed in a wedding yep, reception. It's yep. a party. Yeah. This is a this is a party here, you know. And I, I love that. That's that's what Jesus does. He takes what we automatically think what God wants is for me to either make myself miserable or pretend like I'm okay. 
And so that's that's the relationship that he wants with me. When Jesus is saying, no, the truth is, this is a party. The truth is, I want to know everything that you're feeling. The truth is, I want to know exactly who you are, and I want, I want to meet you exactly where you are. What Jesus said is, everybody that's weary and burdened and mm-hmm. heavy laden, mm-hmm. you come to me, I will give you rest. I got a whole different thing. I got stuff for you that is, it's, it's better than you can ever even imagine. I, I think... I think the place where this starts is we have been told, and I'm including myself on this. This is this is the religion that I grew up in. We have been told that what we're supposed to present to God is the very best version of us that has everything together. Yeah. When the truth is, what God wants is for you to just come to him. You know, that little scene that I told you about in Matthew chapter 9, where the guys come and ask about the fasting, Jesus, why don't your guys make themselves miserable like we do? It comes right after Jesus called that dude Matthew to be his follower, and then Matthew threw a huge party for Jesus, and he invited all of his sinful friends to the party, and Jesus just partying down with the sinners, and the Pharisees says, what's, what's this guy doing hanging out with sinners? And Jesus said, this is who I came for. Yeah. I came for people who are sick. Yeah. I'm a doctor. I came for sick people. I came to call sinful people to me. I came for needy people. And I think that's where we have to start, is just realizing that if you have been told that what you have to bring is your best to God... That, that coming to the place where you say, it's okay for me to say, I have been lied to. Yeah, yeah. That's not what God wants from me. He doesn't want me to stick my best foot forward. He doesn't want me to just try my hardest. He doesn't want me to just grin and bear it. He doesn't want me to rise up. He doesn't want any of that stuff. He wants the truth. He wants you. Are you, are you sick? Are you broken? Are you pissed? Are you over it? Are you barely hanging on? That's the version of you he wants. Yeah, because yeah. if that's who you are, that's who he wants. Here's the cool thing. He already knows. He yeah. already knows. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. the you that he died for, and he wants to know the truth. I think if we have to, we need to start there, realizing that the thing we're afraid of was a lie that somebody told us because they wanted to get us to behave in a certain way. And get to the fact that Jesus said, I want the weary, the needy, the sinful, the sick, the broken, the downcast. Those are the ones I want. Amen. Amen. Absolutely, Glenn. Yeah, let me pick up right where Lee's leaving off. God knows all these things about us already. That should give us a tremendous amount of comfort. There isn't a moment where God's going to discover something about us and say, yeah. oh my goodness. This changes everything. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't happen. And uh, I, I think it should give us a, a great deal of comfort to recognize that it's not God that could or would be overwhelmed by the stuff that we're hiding. It's us that's overwhelmed. God has an yeah. ability to be uh, steady with that. He has an ability to see the big picture. He has, he's, he's not overwhelmed by whatever is uh, being presented to you. He knows all those things already. And here's another truth about that I'm just going to lay out for you. He understands. Mm, that's right. Now, you go you, present to God the world, I mean, all kinds of bad stuff. You say, Lord, I, I, I did this, I did that, I whatever, I, you know. Uh, if, if, for example, if you're in a counseling situation with me, you can tell me anything. And my response is, roughly speaking, you know, on the first round, as we're just looking at things on the surface, my response is going to be, well, that makes sense. Sure. <laughs> you know, sure, of course, you know. 
I, I think I've said this on a podcast, but we I was talking to a guy, um, you know, downstate facility. He says, you know, I, I things been eating me alive. I've never told anybody. It's driving me nuts and whatever. But, um, you know, I burned my stepfather's house down, and uh, you know, the, the you know, no one ever knew that I did it, and it's been weighing on my mind all this time. And, um, you know, I've never confessed it. And I, 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 it's just hounded me for all these years. And I said, Oh, why'd you burn down his house? And he says, well, uh, when we were kids, he used to hit on my mom and he used to hit, hit me and abuse me physically. And I said, Oh, well then it makes sense. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. I, yeah. I, it's wrong. You know, according to the book or whatever, but you know, it's perfect. Sense. Logic perfect sense. I can, I can track the logic of it perfectly yeah. well. Um, it, you know, we, we, there's a lot that we need to work, work out you know, with that and better ways of handling these situations or whatever it is, but I can understand it. If I can understand it, God can understand it. So we, we have to be right. uh, clear on this. Uh, it's really important for, for the sake of your walk to maybe right here and right now, stop projecting your feelings about yourself onto God. Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that ain't getting it, dude. Yeah. That's going to be wrong 100% of the time. God does not think the way you think. He doesn't see you the way you see yourself. Uh, he is not uh, 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 having these negative and pessimistic and defeatistic kind of uh, thoughts that you have towards yourself. He's not. His message to you is, that, is not that you need to, to behave and achieve things. That might be the world's message to you. That might be your family's message to you. Uh, but God's message is completely different. God is different from you, yeah. super different in lots of really, really cool, really, really awesome ways. God's going to be way better to you than you're willing to be to yourself. So let's prepare our minds right now to just stop projecting what you think God thinks of you and letting God speak for himself on those things. Amen. Absolutely, Jed. Well, uh, just a real quick thing I want to tack on the end, and I want to build on what Glenn just said, in that God wants to be better to you than you would be to yourself. You know, one of the the greatest gifts that you can give a person is the permission to just be ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Let me explain what I mean. In my marriage, one of the greatest gifts my wife gives me is I don't have to have a point. Yeah. I can be upset and pissed off and mad and angry and wrong about it. Right. But if I need a space to just vent and rant and rave and sound like a lunatic, she's happy to sit there and listen and say, I know, I right. know. She's happy to do that for right. me. Right. That's, and I'm serious. That's one of the greatest gifts you can give another no, human being. No doubt. Is space. Yeah. You can just be ridiculous and wrong, right. and it's okay. Right. Now, in fairness, I, when I'm doing something, I know I don't have a point. Right. I, I, <laughs> sure, I know right. I am wrong, but I just got to get it off my chest. Yeah, right. yeah. And that's how you're going to get to the truth anyway. Exactly right. Exactly right. But I say that to say God wants to give you that same gift. Yeah. God wants to give you a space in your life where you can be completely and totally wrong and he'll listen anyway. You, you can go to him and you can say, I think I need to burn this guy's house down. <laughs> I think it would be good for him. I think it would sure. be great for me. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a win for everyone. Yes. Look, yes, technically, I'm aware vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Hear you, but let me lay out a let case. Let me give you a counteroffer. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, you know what we could do? I could burn his shed down. Right. I'd leave his house, but, you know, just, just, just shed. Yeah, just uh, we'll meet in the middle on this thing. It's something. I can start burning it down, and you could make it rain and put it out. But I'd still get the experience. Well, and you know what? I don't. I, I don't know if I really respect a Christian who doesn't at least try to look for the loophole. 
Sure. Absolutely. You, know I mean? you, you got to try. If you ain't you know? cheating, you ain't trying. There you go. But as something, you need to start with what Glenn and Lee told you, but as a thing to, to lodge in your brain, the thing I'd encourage you to think about is, are you willing to let God give you that gift? Are you willing to let God give you a space where you can be ridiculous and wrong and it's okay? It's, it's not that he's signing off on your bad ideas, but he wants to hear you say them. He yep. wants to hear you out and give you the sense of relief and healing that comes when you say that ridiculous thing out loud and you get it off your chest, as Glenn said, so that you can get to the truth after that. Mm-hmm. So that you can say, okay, now that we've talked about burning his house down, let's talk about forgiveness. Um, we all have to do that. The truth is we all have to do that. God wants to give you that great gift of a place where you can be wrong and it's okay. And I think the thing we want to ask is, are we willing to start walking in a direction where we'd be willing to receive that gift from him? That's absolutely a great point. We're going to move on to our final question here. It also came in anonymously. It says... Pardon me. It seems like a whole lot of Christians are conservative slash Republican. Do I have to hold those views too, or can no. I see things differently and still follow Jesus? What's the right way for Christians to view government? Glenn, can you start us off? Be gentle. <laughs> uh, t- tell us, Glenn. Yeah, uh, there, there are certain questions where the whole crew's happy. Let someone else go first. Yep. <laughs> Uh, do you, do, are you going to break down terminology for our international <laughs> listeners? I probably should. I, I yeah. think conservative holds for most. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean that's that's the uh, uh, that's the thing. I, I, actually, you know, uh, conservative means I guess slightly different things in in different uh, governments around the world. But um, when you say uh, a, a whole lot of Christians are uh, conservative uh, slash Republican, that that may be true. Uh, where we work in, in the inner city with a lot of Latino communities and African-American communities, I can assure you there's a whole lot of Christians who are not Republican. Yes. So right. um, I suppose it depends on where you're at as far as that goes. Uh, you will notice that on our blogs and stuff that we we really don't say hardly anything about politics uh, the reason why that is, it's actually written into the bylaws of our organization, of, of Mission USA, that we uh, don't publicly have political viewpoints. And part of that is because uh, we are a nonprofit organization uh, within the United States, and that means that we don't pay taxes on things. Uh, so that means, you know, commenting on, on uh, stuff that happens in a public sphere is outside of our technically a no-no yeah that's a that's a no-no and 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 um and it's a smart thing and and it uh, uh, i don't know why you would be interested in my political viewpoint so i'm not going to give it to you uh that having said that everybody on this podcast has very strong political opinions we (laughs) we spend lots of time uh talking about it and and venting and ranting as we were just talking about earlier uh and um uh i think uh, as Christians, if I could, if I could beg for you to do anything, as Christians in the political environment, is be informed. Yeah. Yep. And when I say be informed, I mean inform yourself. If the majority of your political uh, information is all coming from one source, be aware that you may not have even the foggiest familiarity with the yep. truth and what's actually going on. Uh, you need to hear. You, you need to hear both sides of the story on everything that you're dealing with. And you need to try, I, I mean, in my life, I end up talking to to people outside, you know, like, for example, if the government is arguing about uh, something financial, 
uh, I, I will ask someone I know that's in the world of finance about that yeah, so that, yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. I know what, what I want to think about that issue. Um, uh, and I, I will say that it's important for you to be informed because uh, for us, there's a lot that we see on the, because, you know, we deal with the crime, we deal with poverty, homelessness, and so forth. And there's a lot of that stuff in the news. Yeah. And uh, about uh, 85% of it is pure nonsense. Yep. I mean, yep. it just isn't anywhere close to the realm of reality. And is is, is the knockout doing, game, Glenn. They're playing the knockout game. Yeah. It's yeah. just just the weirdest, you know, dumbest, most poorly informed stuff there is in the world. Um, Christians, I love you, but bless you. You can be really, I mean, when I get on the Facebook. Yeah. Holy cow uh read a book or something dude you the the i love y'all but we got to you know flesh it out and see all signs of the the picture and another reason why i tell you that is another element of our work is that we end up talking to politicians quite a little bit i i did a a a very small speaking gig in a poorly organized thing in the city with the word like a peace rally type of deal what have you uh, there's you know politicians there and here's the thing about that is it gives me that those kinds of things where i'm shaking hands with politicians gives me the opportunity to say hey senator why did you vote on that thing that was the stupidest thing ever yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know that mandatory sentencing thing that you voted for that what? bankrupted the state that 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 was the dumbest thing that anyone has ever thought of in the history of mankind three strikes you're an idiot <laughs> yeah i mean it's just what what were you thinking bless your heart and if you think i don't have the courage to ask it exactly that way you don't know me <laughs> but uh, but the thing is, when, when when I get that feedback, I learn a lot sure. about what's happening behind the scenes, what you don't see on TV, what you don't read uh, uh, on the blogosphere or whatever else. So we, we, we have the benefit of that kind of stuff. And, and I assure you, things look very different when it gets to that kind of viewpoint. Yeah. Therefore, we really want to urge you to be informed. Final point on this. Um, uh, as Christians, if you're looking for what's the Christian viewpoint, I think it's impossible for me to get away from what the Bible talks about uh, with the poor. That yep. just as a bottom line thing, justice for the poor, looking out for widows and orphans, looking right. out for for uh, foreigners and aliens and so forth. Uh, it from the New Testament to the Old Testament, there's a consistent theme there, uh, and I I think. Uh, uh, understanding the importance of charity on all levels from personal to as a church institution, as a denomination, as a society, uh, we as Christians need to uh, uh, recognize we're being told something about charity and about looking out for our fellow man. And we need to figure out how we, that needs to be manifest in our lives. I think that's Mm -hmm. the main thing I think we need to wrestle with. That's absolutely right, Jed. Uh, real quick, you said, do I have to hold these conservative Republican views? No, you don't. Um, can I see things differently and still follow Jesus? Yes, absolutely you can. No question about it. Um, I'll tell you a couple of, of little things. I'll pass this on to, um, 
to, to Lee. I have a buddy who's not a Christian at all. In uh, the last presidential election, we were having dinner, and he he asked me, I'm just curious, because uh, you know, I know you're a religious guy, you know, kind of who are you who are you voting for and, and why? I said, sure, dude, I'm, I'm happy to tell you. I said, in my day job, I work um, day in and day out with children that don't get enough to eat, um, that go to bed hungry. So I'm going to vote for the guy that I think is likeliest to make sure those kids get something to eat. That's, right. that's how I'm going to vote. That's why I'm going to vote that way. He said, that sounds great to me. Makes makes perfect sense. Um, you know, when you're dealing with the actual realities of people's lives, things look very, very different yeah. um, than uh, when they're packaged for TV broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and, and on that tip, uh, Glenn said it, and it's totally true. Um, if you watch you know, TV news, if you just see stuff on Facebook, you get told a lot of stuff that's just not true. Uh, it's yeah. just it's just not accurate. And and not to jump in there, Jed, but the the last time that I was on TV news is the last time I physically watched yeah. TV news for that very reason of you see yeah. behind the scenes and it's just. Yeah. You know, one of the things that gets uh, it's such an awful stereotype. I'm I'm really loathe to bring it up, but it, it needs to be addressed. It gets brought up every election cycle. And it was something that was started in the very early 80s is the concept of a welfare queen. And yeah, that is what's up. Yeah, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. Uh, but the idea is that there are these women in the inner city, and they just have like 30 children, right. and they get all these welfare checks. Yeah, it's terrible. And they just drive like a Cadillac yeah. and wear fur coats. Yeah. Well, the, you're uh, working a job you hate, but you're working it because you believe in America. And just yeah. to be clear, the Cadillac and fur coat is not our normal, say that, um, blowing things out of proportion. That's literally a thing a man who got elected president said. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Here's the yeah. thing you need to know. I've been working in the inner city a long time. There's no such thing. It's not no. even close. Uh, every election season, this gets brought up. You work hard all day. Think about these people in your city ain't doing nothing. It gets brought up. It's just not true. All said, not to cut you off, but all said to reinforce an idea of rural and suburban white people who f- see the inner city as something as alien and not as good, and they're frightened of it. Yeah. And they come right in. On, and these are people who get paid a lot of money to know what people, what white people are frightened of and come right in on that thing and tell you, you know what? You're absolutely right. You are better than other people. You do work harder. You're getting a raw deal. Here's why. Yeah. Yeah. So, and just to piggyback, and I'll get to on Glenn's point of, get to be careful with your information. If every piece of political information gets starts with, here's why everything you feel is right. Yeah. That's a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. i uh, tell you one more, just a quick story, you know, uh, along the same tip. Um, uh, any time, and actually per Matt's point of, you know, if anybody's come to you and they're say, you know, if everything you feel is right and here's why, anyone comes to you and says, here's easy answers that'll solve everything. Yep. Uh, right. Life doesn't work with easy answers. No. Understand presence need to exist. Uh, they right. do. Sure. Uh, sure. There, there are people, um, not nearly as many as we have locked up, but there are people who need to be separated from society. There's right. no yep. question. They're a danger to themselves. They're a danger to others. They need to be locked up. But um, uh, a few years ago, I was in Cook County Jail uh, dealing, with, dealing with a kid who I believe was 17 when I was talking to him, but he was being tried as an adult. So he was um, there in Cook County Jail with grown men, uh, scared out of his mind. And by the way, that is a law that exists in the United States and very few other places on the face of the planet. This was a little kid, uh, would have been 90 pounds soaking wet. I mean, just, you know, a little guy and just scared crapless. Uh, and he should be. Uh, 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 jail is yeah, an Cook awful Cook County's place. hell. It, it's hell on earth. And I sat yeah. down with him. I said, tell me your story, man. What's your deal? What are we What are we looking at? And he was there, and it's the wrong thing. It's a terrible tragedy. Um, he had, um, a year prior, 16, his brother had gotten a car, and he decided he was going to go joyriding. And he didn't have a license, and it was raining outside. He, in other words, he was being a 16-year-old. 
He was mm. making the kind of dumb decisions that we all made when we were 16. And right. it's a terrible thing. He hit a lady um, and she lost her leg. And um, because he was a kid and didn't know what he was doing, he fled the scene, which is a major, major no-no. Yep. Uh, the police found him and they, and they locked him up. Um, and he's and he's uh, facing very, very serious time because those are very, very serious charges. Well, I sit there with this kid and I, and I say, well, man, I'm, I'm real, real sorry. You know, um, why don't we, you know, pray together? You know, what what can I be praying for for you? And of course, I think he's going to say, you know, pray for my family, pray for my girlfriend, you know, you know, pray for protection, jail. The dude, um, he turns to me, no lie. And he says, man, you just got to pray for that poor lady I hit. You just got to pray for her, and then burst into tears. Mm hmm. That's what happened in that moment. Right. This is the thing. If you think that guy should be sitting in a jail cell right. in Cook County Jail, I don't know what to tell you. And the state of Illinois should be spending $40,000 a year to keep him there. That's not an overstatement. And, and, and if you think he's the only one that we could tell a story like that about this locked up, you'd be wrong about that as well. We could go on all day. Mm-hmm. But I know if you watch TV news, you're being sold a tale about hardened criminals that exist to kill, steal, and destroy. Right. How to protect your family. Tune in at 11 to right. find out more. <laughs> yeah. It's just not like that. Uh, it's just yeah. not like that. There aren't easy answers. Jails do need to exist, but the narrative you're being sold, it, it's just not true. It's just not accurate. A final thing, I'd encourage you to get involved in serving people um, at the bottom of life, serving least of these, because then you're going to see that's true with your own eyes. You're not going to have to take our word for it, and yeah. that will leave you better informed to make your own decisions. Amen, amen. Amen. Lee? Well, these guys have covered it uh, beautifully. The, the the last thing that I would add to it, and and I, I'm going to throw a couple of verses out there, but I, I would say this, uh, just on this last point where I'm going to take this, uh, grab your Bible and check out the book of Second Timothy, just chapter 2. Just read it through. One of the things that you're going to see in there is he keeps, he keeps talking about this, this phrase, um, a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Uh, he, he uses a lot. Uh, Join with me in suffering as a good soldier for Christ Jesus. And he says in verse 4, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather no. he tries to please his commanding officer. Later in the, in the chapter, he says this, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments yeah. because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, and not resentful, opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of truth, um, and that they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil. Here's the, the reason I bring that up is that when whenever anyone starts talking about their political views normally, immediately the heart starts to race. The temperature starts to rise, and the tensions start to get fierce. The factions start to become evident. Um, the Apostle Paul talks over and over again in these pastoral epistles about the danger of a factious spirit. The book of James says the same thing. It talks about how the anger of man does not accomplish the righteous life that God desires. W- one thing is, wherever you land on the way that you feel about these things, and I love how Glenn said, be informed. And, and these guys are not telling you how to think. They're saying, be informed, right. serve people, care about what the scriptures care about, and then you know make your mind up. All, that's, all that is great. I mean, it's just fantastic advice for how to think through this as a mature adult person. The other, the, the, the thing that we want to round out about this, and this is what should make us different as Christians, and unfortunately, and I mean, and this, this is the shame about it, is that it doesn't. As Christians, we are not different. We should be known for this, and we're not. We should be the ones who 
operate all of these conversations with excessive kindness. Yeah, yeah. We should be the people that avoid foolish and stupid arguments. We should not be the loudest people in the room. We should not be the most angry people in the room. We should not be... Um, we should not be factious. We should not be ugly. And I have to say, the, the, the most disappointing thing to me is w- because f- good friends of mine who are not believers, when, you know, when some Christian starts running their mouth in the media and then it gets, you know, they get in trouble because they say something stupid, you know, I'll have one of my non-believing friends, you know, from, from uh, you know, just call me up and say, hey, you're not like all those guys, right? I mean, my, my sense is that you're not. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you're, you, please tell you're me doing, you're not, Lee, please. Yeah. Please I mean, tell I me. Mean, seriously, you know, and, you know, and, and, uh, cause you're doing prison ministry and I know you just give your time to help, you know, high school kids who are having a hard time and college kids who are trying to find their way and stuff. And so uh, talk me through this. You guys don't all think like this, do you? And I'm like, no, no. I mean, these people don't speak for me. Yeah. And we have these conversations and they say, you know, I'm so glad to hear you say that. Well, it should be, all Christians should have a gentle and a kind spirit, avoiding arguments, not hitting the message boards, not if if you find here here's a here's a rule of thumb. And Glenn kind of said this, but if you find yourself on a message board or on a Facebook thread or something like that, and you find yourself hitting the caps lock key and you're about to type <laughs> yeah, a sentence, yeah, 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 yeah. it is time to take a knee, yeah, as Glenn would say, yeah, yeah. put a cold rag on your head, yeah. lie down, go watch something on Netflix, yeah. go do something else. Yeah. We don't need you to do that. And you are bound by scripture to do a completely different thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to, and because people get swept up in this thing and they think it is the godly thing for me to do to fight this fight right here. It's actually the opposite of the godly thing to do to fight these fights. A good soldier of Jesus Christ is, is not concerned with civilian affairs. That doesn't mean that you're not informed, but here's what it means to me. I don't get in those arguments. You know why? Because I have actual human beings who have problems that I need to minister to. Yes, sir. Now, fill your life up with people who need your help, who need you to pray for them, who need you to provide something for them, and you won't even have time to mess with this business. And then you can form your opinions, and it doesn't have to be about arguments or anything else. Amen. It's absolutely right. I'm going to tack on a couple of quick things on the end here. Far less than I want to because we'll be here all day. Yeah. <laughs> but as we're talking, we're, I think these guys have laid it out very beautiful politically why you don't have to lean right, as we would put it in America, to be a Christian. You're going to get a lot of blowback on that because there's, we talk about a lot, a fair amount on this uh, show about how there's kind of this um, church industrial complex with the dating books and the sermons and the secret sin. And it's all about getting you wound up on guilt and fear. So you buy the product politics is that times a thousand and around the late seventies, early eighties, the, um, the conservative wing of American politics found that getting in bed with right wing Christians was a way to really double down on that. And part of what's grown out of that in the intervening kind of um, decades and one of the things that because we sit around and kind of track these trends, talk about this a lot, that seems to be waning, which would be great for all of us, is there is a idolatry of politics. Now, if we talk about this before yeah. on the show. Idolatry is biblically termed is when you put something in the place that God should be in. So and this is uh, something I'm stealing from Jags. We talked about quite a bit amount for a lot of um I'm going to use Republican, not everybody who votes Republican, but a lot of these kind of, there's a very uh, kind of hardcore 
conservative right-wing version of the Republican Party that's gained some prominence here in America and has spread that kind of like to the British National Party in Britain. And there's a big part of that going on in Australia because Americans have a bad idea. We like to export it as quickly as possible. Absolutely. It spreads like a plague. But they've decided to really wind people up on that. That's something we can get going. We can really double down on that. But they use they use their political points as dogma. So dogma, the definition of something is a set of principles you hold to be incontrovertibly true. If you're a Christian, you are dogmatic about some things. You are dogmatic about the fact that there is a God. He created the universe. There was sin. Jesus came, was crucified, rose, all that kind of Apostles' Creed stuff. You are dogmatic about that. Now, we're supposed to only be dogmatic about those very few important things. Right. But through a lot of research and money and uh, campaign stuff, these people have figured out a way to kind of decide, let's put all these other topics that don't have anything to do with Christianity, but we can get some people to take their dogmatic feelings, which there's nothing wrong with those, you find the right thing, and put them on other stuff. Yeah. And you end up with idolatry. You end up with somebody with, Jesus never said anything about tax structure. He just said to pay the taxes you are asked. That's literally the only thing Jesus ever said about taxes. Give give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. But you've got people who have been kind of tweaked by this whole thing who've decided, you know, I believe in a certain kind of tax structure or I believe in a certain, you know, um, view on privatization of this industry, that industry. And I feel it really hard and I feel my religious stuff really hard. So this must be on the same level. Well, and to right. be even-handed about it, for, for years, a, a lot of uh, Democrats here in the U.S. had that almost a religious feeling about their politics. Totally. Know, that, it, that it's just the right thing as opposed to the smart thing, what have you. Sure, and p- but part of what we got, and this, this does happen on both sides, to be fair, recently, is it's not about the right thing. It's I'm going to say my thing and then make you feel a certain way about it to the point yeah. where it happened a little while ago on uh, Fox News, which is a— news channel here I, th- I, th- I think it's like a it's a kaufman-esque long-term satire <laughs> but there was a lady who literally said there was a thing i'm not making this up talking about depicting santa as white because there was like some department store chain or something yeah, you had was, a she was a, insisting an african-american santa, american santa yeah. come in and it was in like you know a very it's in Atlanta or some very african-american city yeah. and she said well we all know santa's white just like jesus was uh, and this was the same month, because I commented this at the time, it was last year, that they were pointing about how Jesus was all about the free market. Yeah, yeah. Because they the, think Jesus and Reagan are the same person. Yeah. White guy, free market, you know. <laughs> but there's Great hair. The thing about politics, and this is pretty much all politics, <laughs> all, but it goes back to being informed, is they are trying to manipulate your emotions. Yeah. Do not think about something. Classic example, I'm going to cut this quick. This is one of those kind of incontrovertible facts. They did an interview with a guy called John Ehrlichman, and he worked for the president, United States president called, named Richard Nixon in the late 70s. Under Nixon started the idea of the war on drugs. And the reason, this is a direct quote from Washington Post story, that John Ehrlichman said we started the war on drugs is we couldn't make it illegal to be black, young, or poor in America. But the we saw the carryover of those three things as drugs, so we made a way over blew the health scare that drugs were and made it a criminal thing. And Glenn and Jetta pointed out 
most of 89% of the guys we work with are locked up for 10, 20 years of their life because they had multiple minor drug offenses. Yep, that's correct. It has bankrupted the state of California. It has bankrupted the state of Illinois. It has bankrupted the state of Florida. And I'm talking about there's no money left. Yep. Uh, a couple of yeah. months ago here in the United States, the state of California had to just release tens of thousands of prisoners because to hold them in the jail overcrowding there was was deemed inhumane by the federal government. Yep. But... As Jed's pointing out, you're going to get all the ads about tough on crime and, you know, liberal softness. And these are people using a bad using a bad idea that makes them money, but kind of trying to poke your Christianity and justice and consequence and sin and this and that and the other. You got to stand. You got to can't fall for it. Just remember, every politician all the time, everywhere is trying to trick you. They are trying to manipulate you. So. I don't know about you folks, but if someone tries to use Jesus to manipulate me, uh-huh, I get yeah. real pissed off. Uh-huh, yeah. So don't go down that road. Again, I'm going to summarize what we're all saying here is believe whatever you believe, but yeah. look at the facts, go the smart way, and your politics are always subservient to your faith. Amen. Yeah. Jesus says you got to look after widows and orphans and immigrants. You may not like immigrants. You may think they're here to steal your job. Tough crap. Jesus says love them. That's what you got to do. Amen. We end so many lovely segments with tough crap on this show. <laughs> yeah. But what are you going to do? All right. We appreciate you listening. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. Remember, we've got say that buttons, missionusa.com slash bridgebox, missionusa.com slash BBLY. We're going to once again take you out with a song this week. This is from a worship session recorded live at the bridge. This is a song Jed wrote for our men and women at the bridge. We're talking about courage. We're talking about intimacy. We're talking about giving things up to God. This is a song called Cast My Cares from Jed Brewer. Here we go. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Fighting cyborgs and and iTunes curses just for you. I messed that up. It was cursed. (laughs) I was cursed. Strikes again. I was cursed. Wait for it. Glenn Fitzgerald says he fights (laughs) cyborgs, but does he? Here's Cast My Cares. Thanks for listening. You are seeking sacrifice. Oh, for me to act like everything's alright. You are looking for a lie. Where I pretend that there are no tears in my eyes. So I will
Bow your head.